So today we continue our uh, Breaking Free sermon series. We're talking about forgiveness today. I want to share, uh, I want to do things a little different today. I, I want to share sort of some biblical principles on forgiveness and sort of, you know, what's expected from Scripture. I have a lot of Scripture. I'm going to go very quick. It's all on the back of your bulletin. I think I have 12 or 14 different Scripture references. We're going to go through them real quick. And I'm going to go through all that because I want to set the stage for just some ministry time at the end. Because I do think that, you know, along with hearing the word, that the Lord wants to set some people free today in terms of forgiveness and offense, but also in, in self-forgiveness, and even forgiving ourselves, which is a, a hang-up for, for a lot of Christians, okay? Amen. So that's where I want to go. So let's just, let's just pray again. So Father, again, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for all you are. God, I know there's some here uh, this morning with hurt and with pain in their hearts, God, because of some... Uh, uh, some offense in the past. God, maybe it was yesterday or maybe it was decades ago. But God, I just pray that even now you would just, uh, that you would just start the process of healing because you are our healer. God, I know that there's some here who may be harboring unforgiveness and hatred even. And Lord, I just pray you would help them this morning to recognize that first off and then to just to decide to forgive and to release that situation and that offense to you. And Lord, lastly, Lord, I know that there's some here who may have built walls around their hearts for protection. And Lord, they're sort of living a life, a sheltered life, and not really opening up to anyone because of some hurt or offense in the past. So God, I pray this morning that you, that you would just help them to tear those walls down. And they would realize that you are our protector. And they don't need to shelter themselves from anything anymore. So God, again, we just give you our service, we give you our hearts and lives, and pray you just have your way. And we ask these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. First off, and again, I'm going to move quick. I want you to see, the first thing I want you to see are reasons that we struggle. I'm talking about reasons that we struggle to forgive. We live in a fallen world. Amen. Amen. The words, the deeds of others often hurt us. They often wound us. And they do those things in incredible ways. Sometimes it's through neglect. It could be through abuse or violence or betrayal or cruelty or whatever. And sometimes because of those things, we let bitterness and resentment sort of seep into our hearts. Sometimes we don't even know it's there. Sometimes we do know it's there. We just don't care, right? And we just walk in those things. But understand that, a, that a, an unforgiven offense taints us. It stains us, if you will. It stains our thoughts about that other person. It stains our vision about that other person, even our perception and if those things are not dealt with, they paralyze us. They paralyze us. They, they paralyze our ability to live as the Lord intends. They paralyze our ability to love others. It paralyzes our ability to be loved by others if we don't deal with those things. So the, the best way I've ever heard it described is unforgiveness is like a prison. And it really is. When we choose to hold an offense against someone... It's basically like putting us in a prison, and it keeps us in bondage because we refuse to deal with it as the Lord directs us to. The first message in this series, uh, entitled The Starting Point, you can go back and listen to it on the podcast or the website, we talked about sort of two trees and two paths of life. If you remember that, there was the tree of life and the path of life, and there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and sort of the path of death, we called it. And when I choose to uh, not forgive, when I choose to keep uh, that bitterness and that resentment in my heart, what I'm really doing is placing myself on the wrong path. That's not tree of life living. That's not living as the Lord intended for us to live. Amen? Right. I heard a quote years ago about unforgiveness. and I, So I tried to track it down. 
Best I can figure, I've heard several variations of this, but best I can figure, the original quote is from a lady named Marianne Williamson. She's actually an American author. Look at what she said. She says, Unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. That's what it is. You're not hurting the other person. You're killing yourself. Because you're not walking as the Lord directs us and asks us to walk. So reasons that we struggle, the first thing I want you to see is we have a wrong attitude of forgiveness. A wrong attitude of forgiveness. Romans 12, verse 18. He says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with who? With all. We have a wrong idea of forgiveness. So let me share three with you. Number one, we think sometimes that forgiveness is minimizing the offense. And that if I forgive somebody, that I'm minimizing what they've done for me. And, and, what, and by my by decision to forgive, what I'm really saying to them is something like, well, it's no big deal, or that didn't really hurt me. We think that if we forgive them, we're saying that what they did was okay. But that's not the case at all. That's not the truth at all. Matter of fact, what they did, what they said was probably wrong and probably not right. Probably didn't reflect the Father's heart for us. But listen to me. I want you to understand, if you get nothing else today, please get this. Forgiveness is a choice. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. It is a choice where you simply choose to release the offense and the offender to God. Where you just let it go. And you say, okay, God, I trust you to deal with this. I trust you to deal with this person and this situation, and I'm going to release it. Because the reality is if I hold that thing inside, guess what happens? I end up in prison. I end up in bondage myself because I won't forgive and release someone else. Number two, we think forgiveness is forgetting what happened. We think if we forgive them, forgive someone, we we are forgetting what happened. You know, and so, in some things, we sort of equate the the two of the two ideas of forgiveness and forgetting. And we have this whole cliche in our culture of just forgive and what? Forget. forget. Yeah, all you need to do is you need to forgive, and you need to forget. Can I just tell you, there's no truth in that whatsoever. That's not true at all. There's a couple of things you're going to hear today that that you hear a lot that are not true. <laughs> but but the idea of forgiving and forgetting is is not true whatsoever. Listen, the reality is we may never forget what happened. You know, there may have been things done to you or said to you or some situation you're dealing with that, that, that you need to forgive, but listen to me. You're never going to forget it probably. You may not ever forget it. But God doesn't want to bring healing to that. Just like last week when we did the soul spirit hurts and we talked about total surrender. And, and God, God wants to heal our hearts. He wants to heal us of that offense. He wants to heal us in the midst of that offense. And he wants to get us to the point where we can go back to that event and guess what? We don't feel any pain. We don't feel any bitterness. We don't feel any resentment because God has healed our heart. So, again, we may not ever forget. But we can be healed from it and we can move on. And we can release whoever from whatever offense. And the, the last thing, the last wrong idea we have is we think that forgiveness is reconciliation. And it's not. You hear things like, well, when they apologize, then I'll forgive them. You ever said that? You ever thought that? Let me tell you what's wrong with that. What's wrong with that is you're basing your, your freedom on the decision of somebody else. 
And that's messed up. That, that don't work. You know, we, we have a wrong idea of forgiveness. We think it's reconciliation. The reality is we become hostages to whoever wronged us. How, how crazy is that? How, if, if, if I have an offense against Philip, how crazy is it for me to let Philip determine my freedom and, and my lack of freedom? Right? When I, when I say things or think things like, hey, when he apologizes, then I'll forgive him. That, that's crazy. Think about that. Logically think through that. I mean, the problem is that that approach of I'll forgive when they apologize, what that does is it leaves my freedom up to somebody else. And that's absolutely crazy. Look at this, Romans 12, 18 again. He says, if possible, so far as it depends on who? You. Not your neighbor, not your parent, not your sibling, not your spouse, not your third cousins on daddy's side, nobody. He says, so far as it depends on you, because the, the decision to forgive, the choice to forgive, is not based on anybody else. It's based on you. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. God, listen, God absolutely wants reconciliation. But there is a process to reconciliation. And, just, and forgiveness is not reconciliation. Reconciliation involves repentance. It involves restitution. It involves rebuilding trust. It is a long process for reconciliation. And God does want that. But forgiveness is not reconciliation. They're not the same thing. So the first, the first step is to forgive because it is a choice. You're not going to feel like it. You're never going to feel like it. It's not about how you feel. It's a choice to release and let them go. And then you pray and follow the Holy Spirit in terms of reconciliation. Maybe He wants you to reconcile in a specific way at a certain time, whatever. That's between you and Him. But listen, as far as it is possible, so far as it depends on you, excuse me, live peaceably with all. The second reason we struggle is we don't think it's fair. Look at this. Matthew 18, 21 through 22. It says, Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. Jesus said to him, I say to you, uh, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times, 77 times. Some translations say 70 times seven. If you do that parable, the, it work it out, and the math works out to 490 times. Peter thought he was doing great at seven, right? Hey, Jesus, I forgive him seven times. Jesus says, how about 490? <laughs> sort of put it in perspective, right? But if you do the math on that, you'll, you'll figure out that 490 times a day is forgiving once every three seconds. It's about what it works out to mathematically. Three seconds. And I got thinking, man, that's, that's pretty cool. So what is that? Really what that is is continual forgiveness. It's walking in forgiveness. It's walking in a continual state of forgiveness. But, but here's the deal. We don't think it's fair. We use this fairness, um, fairness logic. And we say, well, I would forgive them, but they don't deserve it. Or I would forgive them, but hey, they, they did this. You know, that's big. we see it as a huge thing and we won't forgive them. Or they said something we think is huge and we won't forgive them. Or, you know, they hurt me in this huge way and we won't forgive them because we don't think they deserve forgiveness. We make forgiveness merit-based. Just like a lot of churches make salvation merit-based. It's not about what you do. Forgiveness is not about what you do. You can never earn forgiveness from an individual or from the Lord. You can't earn it. Again, the whole Old Testament's proof of that. That, that, that approach doesn't work. You can't earn it. But we make it merit-based. Guess what? None of us deserve it. If we deserved it, it wouldn't be grace. If we deserved it, it wouldn't be mercy. But we don't think it's fair. So we withhold forgiveness from, from other people. Number three, the third reason we struggle is we don't think we can do it. 
We don't think we can do it. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, But he said to me, he being Jesus, me is Paul. It says, Jesus talking to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We don't think we have the power or strength to forgive somebody else. Guess what? That's the voice of the enemy. That's the voice of the enemy. The truth is, you and yourself and your flesh don't have the power. You don't have the power to forgive. But guess what? The Bible says if you're a Christian, then you have the Holy Spirit within you. So you have supernatural power inside of you to help you forgive. Again, you can't do it in your flesh, but with supernatural power of God, we can walk in freedom and in forgiveness. But here again, here's the problem. We want to wait until we feel like it. So we just walk around in bondage and and chained to somebody and some offense that they probably don't even know they did, in all honesty. Most of the time, that's the way it works. The enemy hits you with something, and the person that did it don't even realize that it offended you. But you carry it around, and you walk around in bondage and shackled to that thing, and you just don't forgive because you don't feel like it. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. It is a daily choice. So here's what, here's what, I, here's what I want you to do. I dare you. I dare you to take God at His word. I dare you to, instead of reacting to that person and their offense, respond to the offense. Because there's a difference. There's a difference between reacting and responding. You see, I react in the flesh. I can respond in the spirit. And it's two completely different paths, two completely different results. Because if I maintain my flesh and maintain what my flesh wants to do, then I walk around in bondage to forget unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and all those things. But if I'll just... Go and do what God wants me to do. And if I respond in the Spirit, I get a completely different result. Amen? Amen. Number two, I want you to see the forgiven forgive. As Christians, we are called to what? Forgive as we've been what? Forgiven. We all know that. Most of us can quote that, but we treat it like it's optional. We treat it like it's a suggestion in Scripture. The truth is, it's neither. It's not optional, and it's not a suggestion. Listen to this passage, Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. He says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. There's a sermon series right there. <laughs> Along with all mouths, it does happen at the end. But notice what it says. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. What? As God in Christ forgave who? You. So how do I do that? Three things I want to show you that help you just to, to extend forgiveness. Number one is recognize your own imperfections. Romans 3 3. We can most of us could quote it if you've been in church for any time at all. Right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What makes it easier for me to forgive others is to remember remember and recognize that hey, there's no difference between me and them. I make mistakes, they make mistakes, I have sinned, they have sinned, none of us are perfect. Amen. And I can promise you, you will never forgive anyone more than you've been forgiven. Never happened. Number two, focus on the real enemy. 1 Peter 5.8. He says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And the, second way I, the second thing he helps me to forgive others is to focus on the real enemy. 
when I, when I realized that, hey, people are not my enemy. They are not my enemy. That, that, that pastor that just pushes my buttons and makes me just want to smack him in the face, right, that, that argues with me and I don't agree with anything he's doing, or that other person on the ministry team I'm with that just pushes my buttons and drives me crazy, or, you know, hey, that person across the table from you right now, <laughs> that person in your family that you see on the holidays, whoever, whoever you want to put in the blank. My point is, those people are not your enemy. The enemy uses all kinds of people and all kinds of situations to shift our focus because he wants you to focus on those people. He wants you to focus on them because if you're focused on them, guess what? He's still just working chaos behind the scenes just doing his own thing. But he is the enemy. The enemy's not the people. The enemy's not the, the, the people at your table or the people in your family or the people at school or the people wherever. People are not the enemy. The enemy wants you to focus on them, but they're not the enemy. So what do I do? It's very simple. I just got to love people and hate the enemy. I got to love people and hate the devil. It's really that simple. Number three, the third thing to help us forgive is receive the love of God. 1 John 4, verses 10 and 11 says, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He has loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. He says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love who? One another. Again, the Bible says when, I, when you and I receive Christ, when we accept Him as our Lord and Savior, that the Holy Spirit of God comes to live within us. That's how I can forgive. That's how I can love others as I have been loved. It's the Holy Spirit inside of me that gives me that capacity. I don't have it without it. So my point here is if you continually struggle with loving other people, then maybe you haven't fully received the love of God. Because you can't be both. You can't, you can't say, yes, I'm a Christian, and yes, I have the Holy Spirit within me, and then hate the people He created. I mean, Scripture says something along those very same lines. Right? How can you say you love God and hate the brother that you've never seen and hate the brother whom you have seen? That's what Scripture says. They don't go hand in hand. Number three, forgiving ourselves. This is the area, you know, you don't hear it dealt with a lot when we talk about forgiveness, but I'm telling you, this is where a lot of people are living. This is where a lot of Christians are living. Is they have no problem forgiving someone else, but the problem is forgiving themselves. So I felt like I need to walk through this. And again, three things here real quick. The first thing is don't bury it. Don't bury it. Proverbs 28, 13 says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will what? Obtain mercy. <laughs> You see, our, our society will tell you all you got to do is bury the past. Just bury it. Just dig a hole and put it in it and just leave it there and walk away. Our society will tell you time heals all wounds. Those two things are two of the biggest lies ever told. The solution is not to bury it, number one. Number two, time heals nothing. The Holy Spirit heals all wounds. He is the healer, not time. Time has absolutely nothing to do with it. It is only the Holy Spirit who can heal. But covering our past sins never works. Why doesn't it work? Because it's still there. It's still there. It's still there and number two it will resurface at some point. It will come back up. The enemy knows it's there and he'll, he will make it come back up. Right? He will push those buttons. He'll push you in those situations. He'll do whatever but he will make it resurface. 
Matter of fact, along these same lines, if you read on over in James chapter 5, James actually goes on to say, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically that, that healing and wholeness both come through what? Confession of my sin. Healing and wholeness. All I'm saying here is got to deal with your junk. We all have it. Again, myself included, we all have issues. Nobody's perfect. We just talked about that a while ago. For all have sin and come short of the glory of God. And you have to deal with your junk. The solution is not to bury it. It's not to bury it. It's not to have the mentality that time heals all wounds because time does nothing. The Holy Spirit will heal it. If you will deal with that stuff once and for all, God will heal it and God will restore it. But you've got to let Him do it. Amen? Number two, don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. There's a lot of people who live in the, let's call it the land of if only. And they're constantly walking around and constantly dwelling on the if only scenarios of life. Well, I would do this if only this happened. Or if, if only I had been there, then this would not have happened. Or if only I had done this, then this wouldn't happen. And, you know, if only, if only, if only. That goes on and on and on. It never ends. The, the idea of if only is a tactic and a trap of the enemy. He wants to keep you right there in the if only land, just recirculating the same thing through your mind over and over and over and over. Think about all the things that you could do and would do if you could go back. Well, guess what? You can't. You cannot change the past. You can't do it. But I can promise you one thing. The enemy will use the past every day to beat you up and beat you up and beat you up if you don't deal with it. You see, if you bury it, he knows where it's buried. And he's going to take every single opportunity he can get to bring that back to your mind and to beat you up with it. He does it every time. Amen? Before I read this text, let me put it in context. So this is King David. If you remember the story of David and Bathsheba, David, David basically stays home from the battlefield, which he never should have done. He sees this beautiful woman, Bathsheba, you know, he, he works out this whole scheme, has an affair with her, she gets pregnant, and then to cover up the affair, what's he do? He takes her husband Uriah, who's a soldier, sends word, sends him to the front line of battle and has him killed, right? All in an attempt to cover his sin. This is basically David's uh, psalm after, because what happened? David, David covered up his sin, thought he was in, the, in, in the, everything was okay, and then this guy named Nathan shows up one day. <laughs> Gotta love Nathan, right? Nathan the prophet comes and tells David this hypothetical story of this guy. He gets to the story and David's like, yeah, that guy deserves this, this, and this. And Nathan says what? You are the man. You're the guy I'm talking about, King David. And that's right after that that David says these words. And, and listen, what I, want, I want you to listen to the language that he uses here. He says, for my iniquities have gone over my head. I'm drowning. Like a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and fester because of my foolishness. I am utterly bowed down and prostrate all the day I go about mourning. For my sides are filled with burning. And there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and crushed. I groan because of the torment of my heart. Does that sound painful? Absolutely. All because people won't deal with their stuff. And I'm telling you, 
let me go out this way. I'm not a doctor. But I can tell you that there was a time in my life when I was severely depressed. Suicide attempts, the whole thing, was diagnosed bipolar on seven or eight medications a day. I mean, all the junk that everybody seems to be going through anymore. And, I, and I'm not saying this is the case for everybody, but I can tell you for me, it was completely a spiritual problem. It was, not, it was not a chemical imbalance. It was nothing physical. It was a spiritual problem. You say, what was that? It was hypocrisy. Because I was saying... Because I was pastoring a church and saying one thing and then going and doing something completely different. That's why I was depressed. And of course our society's solution for everything is just another pill. And I'm saying that maybe instead of another pill, you just really need to spend time with the Lord and deal with this junk. Quit burying it. Quit sidestepping it. Quit sweeping the, you know, sweeping under the rug. Just step up and deal with it. Because listen, the Holy Spirit wants to heal you. He wants you to be free of these things. So just deal with them. Quit beating yourself up. Quit going back to the same thing over and over. Quit letting the enemy replay that reel in your mind every day. Just deal with it. Number three. Don't blame others. Genesis 3, 12 and 13 says, The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. All the men said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The servant deceived me and I ate. We talked about this the, the first week of this series. We talked about shame and victimization and blame shifting, all this stuff. Again, we, we all have our own junk. The idea here is simply that you've got to own it. You have to take responsibility for you. You are not my problem. I am not your problem. Don't blame others. It's not your spouse's fault. It's not your sibling's fault. It's not your children's fault. It's not your parents' fault from 20 years ago because they didn't do something right. Just take responsibility. Take responsibility for your actions, repent of it, and move on. Move on. Don't blame others. Lastly, walk in freedom. So once we do all those things we just talked about and we deal with all that stuff, how do we maintain that walk in freedom? Let me give you three things real quick. A is pray for your offenders. Matthew 5, 43 and 44. You have heard that it was said, these are the words of Jesus, by the way, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Society says render evil for evil. Society says get even with them. Society says do whatever and isolate yourself from everybody that hurts you. Jesus says you've got to respond differently. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. B, you've got to bless your offenders. Luke 6, 27 and 28. Again, the words of Jesus. But I say to you who hear... Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who what? Curse you. Pray for those who what? Abuse you. Again, we're talking about forgiveness. And I, and I know there's some of us, like, man, it's all you can do to not say something bad about that person. I'm like that with Brian. I mean, it's all I can do just to not lie into him. I'm joking, but in all seriousness, those people that we have those offenses against, that, that's the way we live sometimes, right? And say something good about them. No. It's, it's all I can do to not cuss them out, right? It's all I can do to not speak evil of them. 
But he tells me to do just the opposite here. He says to bless those who curse you. Jesus asked to take it a step further. That word bless literally means to speak well of. He says, hey, don't just not cuss them out, but speak well of them. Because there's power in words. We're going to talk about that next week. Speak well. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. And lastly, you just got to do good for your offenders. Do good for your offenders. Romans 12, 19 and 20. He says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will, re- you will excuse me, heat burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil. But notice that last phrase, but overcome evil with good. How do I do that? I overcome evil with good by changing the way that I think. And instead of operating on the system of this world, I decide to operate by kingdom, kingdom principles. I decide to not let my flesh re- react, but I respond in the spirit. Two completely different things. <coughs> I make a decision. I do good for my offenders by just deciding to let God love them through me. Let God love them through me. I mean, if you really think about it, that's what the Christian walk ought to be every day for every one of us. It doesn't matter if you're pastoring a church or, you know, building houses or you know, driving a truck or sitting in an office and doing nothing, whatever. It's twice today, Brian. <laughs> I'm counting. <laughs> Seriously, just let the love of God flow through you. You interact with people every day, schoolwork, gas pump, wherever. Just do what God leads you to do. Let the love of God flow through. Amen? But just do good for your offenders. So I'm glad the musicians, they wouldn't come up. So, so I'm gonna, like I said, I want to do a little different today. I got just something I want to say real quick. And then I'm going to walk through some, sort of like we did last week, we did that exercise on soul, spirit, hurts. So I'm going to do one for forgiveness. Basically, it's just a prayer. And, uh, and I'll walk you through it when we get to it. And then after that, I got one for self-forgiveness I want to walk through. Again, we'll just walk through it and read it together. And it's really just fill in the blank. But if you're just, I just want you to be sincere and, and just be real and let the Lord do what He wants to do, okay? So if you're to stand to your feet, So again, maybe you're here and you're just harboring unforgiveness. You're just harboring hate in your heart towards someone. I just pray that today you'll decide to release them in that situation. It goes back to that passage right there. That vengeance is mine. God will take care of them. He don't need your help. He'll deal with it. He'll deal with them. He will deal with the offense. He'll deal with it all if you'll just release it to Him. And let Him have His way. Again, forgiveness is not minimizing it. I'm not saying it didn't matter or that it's, that it's minimal. I'm not saying that you need to forget it. I'm not saying that you need to downplay it. I'm just saying that you've got to release them. Release them and that offense to the Lord. It's really that simple. And we'll walk through steps to do that in just a second. Number two, maybe you're here and you're like a lot of Christians. And maybe you've forgiven others, but you just can't really seem to forgive yourself. And you hadn't buried those, and you buried those things, and the enemy just keeps beating you up day after day after day with the same things. How do you get out of that cycle? You get out of that cycle by dealing with those things and by releasing them. Same way. Quit living in the land of being beat up. Quit living in the land of if only and replaying the situation in your mind because you can't go back and change it. But you can surrender all that to the one who can change it. 
So I pray that you would just find freedom today, man, because freedom is to be found. So, Father, I just thank you for this day. And, Lord, we just pray that uh, you just have your will and way in our service. God, that you would just do what only you can. God, that you would just help people find forgiveness. Lord, I pray that even now, through your Holy Spirit, Lord, you just show us anybody in our hearts and lives that, that we need to forgive. And God, what the offense was. So we can release it and deal with it today. God, maybe there's some here who, who just keep beating themselves up over the same stuff. Father, your word says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So God, feelings of condemnation are not from you. So Lord, I pray you just help us today to break free of those things and to just leave here different than the way we came in. So just have your will and wait. Amen. So first off, this is the one for forgiveness. It's on the screen. It's this ministry steps. So all I want you to do is, I mean, I want you to pray this sincerely. When you get the number two, you plug in their name and what they did. You just fill in the blank. Therefore, I choose to give, forgive Brian for being mean to me this morning. Whatever. And if there's a hundred people the Lord brings to your mind, do it a hundred times. We got all day. And then when you get to that, you just go to number three. I forgive all who have set me up here to the scene, okay? We'll just walk through it. So let's go through it one time together. Then I just want you to do whatever the Lord leads you to do. First of all, I say, if there's a hundred people, go through it a hundred times. Starts off number one. Father, you have made it clear that you desire the healing and freedom for me that forgiveness brings. You command me to forgive so I can receive your forgiveness. Number two, therefore I choose to forgive whoever for whatever. And it says repeat as needed. Number three, I forgive all who have set me up to enter into this sin and all who have hurt me out of their own hurts. I release them. Key word. I release them from any debt that I thought they owed me. I let go of all judgments and punishments that I have wanted them to have. Then number four, I turn all of this and them over to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to play a song. And I want you to work through this. Again, if you need to do it a hundred times, do it a hundred times. If you need help, if you need me to pray with you or for you, I'll be off to the side. I'll be glad to do it. But please, today is about forgiveness. Release them. Set yourself free. Let's be obedient to the Lord.
to self-forgiveness. Before I do that, let me say this. If you were here last week and you did the, the old exercise with soul, spirit, hurt, whatever that hurt was, the Lord revealed to you, and there was a person in that, you probably need to go through this with them. Because that hurt is very likely uh, tied to an offense that needs to be forgiven. Okay? All right, let's go to the next thing. Ministry self-forgiveness. Again, this, I mean, we've talked about this all morning. You know, the, the, the solution of the Lord is not to bury it. It's not to let you continue in whatever it is, let him keep beating you up. But it's just to deal with it, to ask God to forgive you. And just to move on and, and confess it and deal with it and move on to better things. So this is basically the same thing. It's just laid out for ministering self-forgiveness. So let's, I'll read through it one time. It works the same way. Father, because you have forgiven me, I choose to forgive myself of all the ways I have hurt others out of my own hurts and all the ways I have hurt myself. I choose to forgive and release myself from all accusations, judgments, hatred, and slander I have made against myself. Three, I forgive myself for all the mistakes and other ways I have fallen short of the mark. Number four, I choose to accept myself just the way I am at this time because I know that you, Lord, accept me just the way I am. I know that you love me so that with your help I choose to begin to love myself just as I am, knowing that you will not leave me in this condition, but you will draw me onward, freeing me from my current issues. Number five, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to work your work of sanctification in me. I embrace fully and look forward to your changing me into the image of Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's, is that, again, pray it sincerely. And when you get to that point about forgiving myself, man, just pause and just receive forgiveness. There you go.
what you do. Either on the way home, you won't be long. Maybe before you get to the lunch table, the enemy's going to bring that stuff back up to you. But guess what? You're forgiven. Let me tell you one of my favorite verses that I learned real quick. It's 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No qualifier, no conditions. So that whenever the enemy just brings that stuff back up to you, just tell him to shut up. Say, hey, I'm forgiven. I plead the blood of Jesus. Quote him the verse. That's how you shut the enemy up. You quote him a verse. That's why you need to know the word. That's the weapon. 